stargazers, space lovers, you are in for a great year from moon missions to meteor showers. Frank Florian, Director of Planetarium and Space Sciences at TELUS World of Science, joining us this afternoon. Frank, thanks so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me on, Angela, and Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you as well. And that's why I was sort of slowly saying the forecast for tomorrow, because tomorrow night it's going to be cloudy periods. And you've got to tell me about the meteor shower that I really hope to be able to see. That's right, yeah. During the year, we get certain meteor showers that are fairly strong, and tomorrow's meteor shower, called the Quadratids, is actually one of the stronger meteor showers of the year. It's up there with the Geminids that we had back in December and the Perseids that we get every August, uh, meaning that if you're away from bright city lights uh, looking up, you might see a fair number of little streaks crossing the sky, these uh, little bits of uh, rock passing through the Earth's atmosphere burning up, uh, part of this particular yearly meteor shower called the Quadratids. I was looking for the Geminid last month, as I do every December, but the moon changed things for me, and uh, it was practically a full moon, or it was it was bright and it was cloudy. And so tomorrow, is the moon going to ruin my parade? Well, the moon itself is uh, its after uh, last quarter right now, so around that period of time. So it's going to be bright in the early morning sky. In the evening hours uh, of uh, tomorrow night, not so bad. But as we go into the early morning hours of January 4th, uh, the moon starts to kind of shed its light into our evening sky, uh, allowing us to only see the brighter of the meteors. So if I don't have any luck tomorrow night and you say the meteor showers, we can almost count on them, is the next one the Perseid? Well, there's other minor meteor showers uh, throughout the year uh, that don't give you as many meteors per hour. The the hourly rate's a lot lower. But uh, the Perseids would probably be the the next best one uh, that has the most number of meteors and also takes place during our summer months when the weather is usually a bit warmer and hopefully we get some clear skies then too. So, uh, But again, uh, throughout the year, just go outside on any given night, you'll always be able to see a few shooting stars, not maybe associated with any one particular meteor shower. Are, but which are called uh, sporadics in this case, would just show up on any given night, and some of those can be quite bright. Oh, that's so cool. And Perseids, I still have fond memories of being at a campground, and of course then you've got the beautiful dark sky, and you're right, you can lie on a beach, you don't have to worry about wearing a winter coat or anything like that. So, so that's the meteors, but I was saying that uh, stargazers, there's some other exciting things happening in 2024. Uh, Frank, can you tell me about the, the different moon missions that we're looking at? Suddenly... The moon is very interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, missions to the moon uh, in uh, 2024. Probably the one I'm really anticipating is, uh, and a lot of people are, is the Artemis II launch to the moon. This is going to be the first uh, crewed mission to the moon since 1972, since the Apollo uh, 17 mission to the moon occurred. Uh, you know, we haven't gone back to the moon, but this one here will take four astronauts, including our Canadian astronaut Jeremy Hansen, to the moon. Not to orbit it, just kind of swing around it and then come back to the Earth. It's uh, a test mission to see how this uh, the Orion crew capsule holds out with a uh, person crew going to the moon, and 
and it's a lead-up to the Artemis 3 mission, which will be the next landing on the surface of the moon by humans. So this one here is a pretty important mission, and again, it's the first time that a Canadian and any other international astronaut has uh, gone to the moon. Everything uh, up until now has been Americans uh, in the Apollo mission sending uh, their individuals to the moon, but never anyone else. So this is going to be a really great first for Canada, being the, the second country to actually have an astronaut going as far as the moon. And these astronauts will actually even go further away from the Earth than the Apollo astronauts did. So it's a sort of a very special mission, and I'm really looking forward to this, and I really hope that uh, this particular mission does launch in November of 2024. Of course, you know, these things could get pushed a little bit longer, depending upon technical issues and tr crew training and things like that, but I'm keeping uh, a lot of optimism that this one will go up in November 2024. Frank, I'm trying to remember when Artemis 1 uh, went first, because that was the uncrewed capsule, right? Was that last year, or has it already been a couple of years? Well, you know, uh, that that was actually the, um, not, not last year, but the previous year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, even yeah, when yeah, we're yeah. in 2024, it's always confusing to say, okay, not 2023. <laughs> so 2022, but I just remember when we were hearing about Artemis 1, and this was going to be the precursor to Artemis 2, so that is exciting. You mentioned Artemis, Artemis rather, 3 will actually land on the moon. Is there any tentative date for that? No, I it think all they depends. want to get this next mission uh, going and then kind of go from there. I mean, I've heard them saying 2025, but I think that's a, a very optimistic kind of look at when. I think it might be a little bit later. Now, they don't have their uh, landing vehicle yet, so uh, they're oh. still working on it. So I think it's going to take a, a little while longer. But, uh, you know, that, that is... The Artemis II mission, to me, is basically going to be the pinnacle of, again, uh, the space uh, flights to the moon this year. But there are other ones going to the moon. There's a, a, a Japanese mission to the moon uh, to kind of uh, land on the moon itself and investigate uh, uh, this particular crater called Shiloh Crater on the moon. It's, uh, if, if they actually land on the moon, uh, Japan will be the fifth country to soft land on the moon. The, uh, and that will be uh, taking place here in January, January 9th. 19th is when that landing should take place, so we'll see if that one actually makes it there. Uh, there's also the, the Chinese with their Chang-6 uh, are planning and landing uh, on the southern region of the moon sometime in May. So even though we got this big human mission uh, in November, well, we've got all these other missions that are planning to go to the moon to uh, land rovers or just orbiters to kind of explore the moon some more before we actually start sending people back to the moon. And uh, China right now is really becoming a powerhouse in space exploration, and I almost feel like there's going to be another space race between uh, the Chinese and almost everybody else uh, in getting back to the moon. So this Artemis II mission is going to be really, really important to kind of, uh, again, create uh, some strength for the American and also the Canadian space program in going to the moon and hopefully staying there at some point. Frank Florian is my guest this half hour. Our director of Planetarium and Space Sciences at TELUS World of Science, just talking about the different things that are going to be happening in 20. 24. What is it about the moon that we're so interested in again? I think it's the closest celestial body to the Earth, so it's the easiest one to get to. If we want to actually go on to Mars and explore Mars, which is much further away, it'd be really good if we could actually see if we could sustain astronauts working and living on the moon, which is much closer than sending astronauts to that far distant planet Mars and seeing uh, how that works. Uh, again, uh, there's going to be always going to be 
issues with any space mission with our rockets and um, different um, how we actually have the astronauts live. So having something a little bit closer to home will definitely make uh, it a lot easier when we do plan on going to Mars and make sure making sure that we basically kind of solve all the problems of uh, human um, stay away from the Earth for a prolonged period of time. Oh, but speaking of moons, what's the Europa, the Europa Clipper? They're heading to, is it Jupiter's moons? That's right. Europa Clipper is a, a mission that's going to be launched around October 10th. they got about a 21-day launch window. And that's going to be uh, launched on board a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket uh, at that time. And this is a mission to Jupiter's moon Europa. Now, this is a pretty exciting mission because when we take a look at the worlds of our solar system, the moons of Jupiter uh, hold some promise that there could even be life somewhere underneath the icy surface of some of its moons. And Europa is uh, actually one of those moons of uh, Jupiter that holds a lot of promise. We know it has a icy, icy surface to it, but we also know that underneath that ice, there's a salty liquid ocean. Now, what that could mean is maybe there's life on Europa, and this mission itself will explore that particular uh, moon much, much better, uh, even going through most likely some of the water geysers that actually emanate from beneath the surface of uh, Europa, hopefully being able to test it and seeing if there's any type of microbial life or just even any of the byproducts of things that would suggest maybe life underneath that icy surface. 2024. Lots to watch for. Frank, thanks so much for this. Oh, yeah, you're welcome, Angela. And uh, one other big event should be mentioned uh, this year is actually a solar eclipse on April 8th. Uh, it's a total solar eclipse from uh, parts of eastern Canada and through some U.S. states and down into Mexico. Here in Alberta, we'll only get a partial eclipse, but that one's going to be making lots of news on April 8th, and people have already been kind of getting their trips all planned uh, to see the total solar eclipse from parts of eastern Canada. So that is something that's uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to. I'm sure we'll talk to you then as well. Frank, thanks. Thanks, Angela. Have a great day. Frank Florian joining us from TELUS World of Science.